Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares slipped when trading began today, falling overnight losses on Wall Street and Europe. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.8% to 3,111 points after some 84 million securities changed hands in the broader market. The numbers on the SGX are still firming up, but here's what we are looking at for now. The Straits Times Index deeper in the red is down 1.16% and we're looking at 3,100 points. In terms of value turnover, $1.23 billion. Now, gainers trailed losers 219 versus 405 Top five movers by value we have here UOB, DBS, Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding, Sing Dollars, SIA and Citrim. And heavily traded securities for the day, Citrim, Yangtzejiang Shipbuilding, Sing Dollars and Thai Beverage. Now more S-REITs in focus today with announcements from Parkway Life REIT and Sabana Industrial REIT. And meanwhile from the Ringgit Movements to a slew of earnings report out of the U.S., including heavyweights like Tesla and Netflix. We've got more international headlines in focus. Joining us to dissect all of that is David Chaum, Director of Azure Capital. David, welcome. Hi, Tian Good day to you. Good day too. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. Not so good day for the STI. How did it fare so far? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Okay, um, I mean, for a start, there was definitely blood buff today in the Asian market. Yeah. So, you know, STI was not spared. Um, I think the biggest uh, the biggest factor to it would be the uh, how the 10-year, you know, U.S. bond yields actually, uh, you know, climb. And I think uh, as we speak, it's set to clip the 5% mark soon. Uh, and uh, I think it's around 4.97 uh, now, 4.97% as we speak. So, um, you know, what can we expect, you know, when they do get to the 5% mark? Well, we have a prime example, you know, of what? has happened, you know, when yields are at these levels unfolding right in front of us, you know, judging by today's uh, price action. Uh, I think the pressure on equities has resurfaced with, you know, with the NASDAQ boosting its lowest close in two weeks after 1.6% drop overnight and then your know, weakness could be seen in the other US indices as well. And that being said, uh, there is no material breakdown yet in the equity space, mm. but, you know, we'll see whether there'll be added pressure once, you know, the US 10-year bond should, if it ever touch 5%, you know, soon enough. Mm. For gainers today, I think uh, what I'm seeing is that uh, Moonshong Engineering was up 13%, uh, you know, despite no new news on an investigation on alleged bribery over its projects in Taiwan. Yeah. And losers-wise, you know, there are no surprises here seeing how the index was down by plus 1%. Mm. And Aside from that, you know, uh, David, yesterday we were talking about a couple of S-REITs today as well, some of them making the headlines today. Quite a number of updates. Parkway Life REIT, of course, acquiring two nursing homes in Osaka. Sabana REIT recording total portfolio occupancy of 91.8% for Q3. And as for Capital Pacific Old US REIT, a third quarter distributable income down 10.7% year on year. Uh, which one really stood out to you today? I think 
coming into the current reporting season, especially for the REITs here, um, the market is you know continuing to expect year-on-year declines in div- in dividend in DPU to continue you know to take place you know amid a steady increase of you know higher average borrowing cost uh, cost across the REIT space. And if we look at the uh, SP indices and, and compare it to the ten-year US uh, bond yields, that is uh, the sell-off in REITs are you know are quite apparent you know when the yields climb, and uh, with a higher for longer narrative on the interest rate front, you know, the REITs are residing in a very challenging, you know, when they want to do the M&A um, deals. And looking at the three REITs you have just mentioned, I guess for Parkway uh, REIT, you know, this acquisition is, uh, I would say, it's actually in line with what, you know, we have been hearing on, you know, uh, companies uh, making uh, making acquisitions in the Japanese real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, we are also do, uh, exploring the uh, likelihood of uh, doing that as well. So it's nothing out, out of the norm, yeah. uh, especially for Parkway REIT. And uh, for Sabana REIT, I guess it's all it's business as usual, but uh, I guess market watchers are more interested to know the development of the aftermath, you know, after its manager was voted out a couple of months ago. Yeah. So let's wait and see. But looking at the fundamentals, uh, okay, they, are, they have a positive rental, Reversion of sixteen point eight percent, you know, uh, for the for this quarter. But the previous quarter, the the rental re- re- reversion was actually much higher at twenty seven point one percent. And uh, this trend is also mirrored in the occupancy rate as well. You know, they got ninety one point eight ninety one point eight percent this time around. But in the previous quarter, there was no ninety three point eight percent. So you know, uh, markets are definitely taking a VNC approach on this. So for Capital Pacific rate, um, I thought uh, you know this is the one which really stood out for me as is three Q was actually above my expectations, uh, especially its occupancy rates in the Seattle assets. So even if DPU was down, you know, thirteen percent, well, the Fed remains there actually beats our expectations. Mm. Um, you know, however, the underlying issue of higher gearing remains with you know gearing now at thirty nine point one percent, and you know, based on current gearing, um, you know. This REITs valuation has to decline by around 23% for it to breach the regulatory 50% gearing threshold to which um, its bank governance are tied. So this is an area which you know, investors should be uh, keeping a close watch on. Mm, and speaking of the property sector, uh, one piece of news that came up after um, our chat earlier today was about how bondholders of Country Garden are forming groups and seeking urgent talks after Country Garden and China missed a 15 million US dollar coupon payment, putting it at risk of a default. So certainly more woes surrounding the property sector and in the wider Asian region and also in China. Um, but in the meantime, let's stay within Southeast Asia. Um, David, it's already Thursday and if we are thinking about a weekend getaway, the Malaysian ringgit fell to the lowest level since the Asian financial crisis, weighed by, of course, the US dollar rise, widening rate differentials with the US. I know you just recently exchanged some Malaysian ringgit, so tell yeah. us more about the implications this will have on the ringgit SGD pair. Sure. Um, well, the drive to safe haven obviously is uh, is in play now, and uh, we are seeing regional currencies weaken against the Sing dollar. So not a su- not a surprise really mm. to see the ringgit you know doing likewise. And the interest rate differential is one factor which you know dictates the portfolio flows into currencies. Uh, in fact, if we look at our uh, our system here, you know portfolio where we monitor portfolio flows to emerging markets, uh, it broadly actually stored in 2023. You know after seeing some late. Rebound uh, last year, 
So as we know, the capital flows are really facing challenges for your higher than longer U.S. Uh, interest rate due to a uh, still hawkish Fed and uh, really bumpy growth you know, this year, especially in China. So with that being said, you know, our indicators which actually you know, measure how vulnerable emerging markets are you know, have really worsened in recent years you know, as a cover for foreign obligations, you know, saving investment balance and fiscal positions have deteriorated in many countries. And Malaysia, uh, unfortunately, is ranked you know, quite low in these indicators that we are monitoring. And uh, if we measure them against you know, a AAA rated you know, Singapore in this mm. instance, you know, the uh, currency weakness is quite apparent. Yeah. So you know, market expectations you know, for the Malaysian Central Bank, I think, is, uh, is that they are not likely to raise any interest rates this year. So uh, it's our forecast that you know, we may see you know, this currency pair heading up to um, $3.50 in the near term before falling back to around $3.44 and $3.45 by year end. Mm, and, you know, we have to talk about the latest U.S. earnings season as well after talking about what's happening in Southeast Asia uh, because overnight we saw Tesla disappointing because price discounts are hitting back at the firm. Netflix shares surged nearly 13% in extended trade forecast beating third quarter profits. Uh, what are your takeaways from the slew of earnings out so far? I guess if I uh, look at it, you know, uh, with a wider perspective, you know, the U.S. earnings are, you know, after three straight quarters of year-on-year earnings decline. So there are expectations for an improved, you know, third quarter earnings season, you know, currently. While, you know, consensus forecasts are for a slight, you know, year-on-year decline in earnings by just 0.1% year-on-year. I think top sales are still expected to grow by 1.6%. In any case, I think um, the last quarter should mark the low in earnings contractions, uh, in our opinion. And with the pace of inflation somewhat you know, moderated, mm. uh, the ability of companies to pass on higher prices to maintain their profit margins should be closely uh, scrutinized. Uh, scrutiny. So uh, what do I think of the earnings season so far? Well, I think uh, earnings seasons began uh, last week uh, you know, with the banks and financial companies actually closing out last week with better than expected earnings. We have your uh, JP Morgan, Citigroup and PNC Financial as well as Wells Fargo, you know, beating earnings estimate. So um, the good thing is that, you know, while inflation pressures you know, have lower, you know, have uh, pressured lower income households and credit losses are normalizing, they remain below pre-pandemic level. Mm. And if you look outside the banks, uh, we, we can see, you know, better than expected results from asset managers such as BlackRock and insurers such as Progressive uh, PGR. Um, they have really boosted your quarterly earnings growth expectation for the financial sector. And with the results of Tesla and you know Netflix diverging for specific reasons, we are likely to assess more of the, the companies reporting in the next few weeks uh, to be somewhat like this. Uh, but so far, with the limited companies reporting so far, it's quite early to assess the health of the uh, U.S. companies. Mm. And uh, as we look to what's happening in the US, uh, I just want to bring up some corporate headlines that we are seeing out of Europe, uh, just as a gauge of generally how companies are faring globally. As far as Europe is concerned, um, Nokia said today it will cut up to 14,000 jobs as part of new cost-saving plans. Nestle posting lower than expected nine-month sales growth. Uh, quite sluggish over here on the whole, but uh, looking ahead to what's happening today, David, a number of banks set to report, including Key Core and Fifth Third. American Airlines among those slated to post results out of the financial sector as well. Fetcher Jerome Powell speaking too. So lots of things here, but what is at the top of your mind right now? Okay. 
Um, I think if we still, you know, dwell a bit more on the bank, uh, you know, in the uh, reporting, we're also seeing several, you know, U.S. regional banks reporting, and uh, the smaller regional banks' earnings and outlook could be, you know, of note uh, if a divergence in operating performance between the large and smaller banks is seen, you know, after the collapse of uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And, uh, of course, with the U.S. airline reporting, along with a few others, if you ask me what's on my mind right now, I would say uh, mm-hmm. that would be the Middle Eastern conflict. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, you know, how the conflict is going to pan out, how long is it needed before we get to that point, that finishing point, and what transpires, you know, in between to get us to the finishing line. And, you know, mind you, even if this conflict reaches a conclusion, so to speak, given the entrenched uh, underlying issues between the two parties, the conclusion, whatever it it is, you know, mm. would be a permanent uh, fix for sure. Probably mm. we'll all go back to square one again. So I guess this should be the minds of most people in the market now. All right. Thanks a lot for the insights, David. That was David Chow, Director at Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. 